You're listening to KDKR, Decatur, Dallas, Fort Worth, and KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR's daily programming do not necessarily reflect the views of the management or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, what to do in emergency situations involving your car. Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. Good afternoon, this is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Actually, the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. We are here on Friday, and Tony Joe's here to take your questions, answer your calls. 1-877-913-5357 is the number to call, and I do have a line open. If you have a question for me, please feel free to go to the website. A lot of information there, all at the website, prudentmoney.com. You send a question to the Ask Bob section, and I will get it taken care of. 1-877-913-5357. Tony, Joe, how's it going today? I am well, sir. And, I, and yourself? I am doing good. Always doing good on on a Friday. Yeah. You look good. You look healthy. Should we share that your receptionist uh, made a comment that we're both color-coordinated today with our shirts? Yeah, that, I <clears throat> tried to let that happen. But you wear the same shirt every... Right. I, I wear a uniform blue <laughs> every time I come here because I come here from work. So if you want to color coordinate with me from now on, give me a call before the show. I'll tell you if I change it up a little bit. And you See, can... But you, I've known you now for over 20 years, and, and now that I think about it, I, don't think, I think you're still wearing the same uniform. Well, that's the color I wear. It's uh, easy to clean and, uh, you know. What about black? Too hot. Too hot. Yep. Summertime, too hot. Can't do white because you'd never get it clean. Definitely can't do white. Um, dark blue. Well, you know. Uh, you got a little dark blue on that. Yeah. I've got some blue and some grease oil. <laughs> Let's see what else have I got on my shirt today. <clears throat> <clears throat> nice to know. One eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven. Okay, I got a question for you that came in from a listener. Okay. It says, uh, "Hi Bob, I pray all is well." It is. Thanks for asking. Please ask Tony Joe this question. My two thousand ten Kia Soul has two hundred and twenty three thousand miles on it. I am the original owner. When I am I, I uh, idling at at a red light, I believe my AC makes a running noise. If I turn off the AC, the noises go away. Please know the air is cooling fine in the car. Should I get this checked out? Yes, you need to get it checked out. And let me just say this. It does not have to be anything in the air conditioning system at all. Uh, People tend to hear an AC problem when they turn on their air conditioner. But keep in mind, there's only one belt on that sole, that Kia engine There's only one drive belt that drives everything, and one of the things that it drives is an alternator, and that can be making noise. So could the idler or tensioner pulley that keeps the belt tight, 
very common for the spring to weaken over 200,000 miles and start vibrating back and forth, causing this noise. Does it? Why does it do it with the AC on? Because when you turn the AC on, you're adding more load, and that causes the spring to get a little more aggravated and start hopping up and down. So, yeah, you probably should get it checked out, but it doesn't have to be anything really scary expensive to do with the air conditioning system. It can be a number of other things causing this problem. So that you said there's one belt. Yes, one belt, one serpentine belt or accessory so drive belt we call it. What what are the uh how far do you have to go mileage wise before you start getting into the danger zone of maybe that belt coming apart? Well, then, or does that <clears throat> really ever happen? No, it does happen. Now, here's the thing. Here's the kicker. Life expectancy on a normal belt with a good brand, uh, one of the popular brands, is five years. Now, five years seems like uh, a short time to me in so far as I have seen belts on vehicles go 15 years. They've never been replaced. Now, that's not always the case because a belt can wear out due to other factors like, oh, I don't know, a bad alternator. You know, you don't think about things like this except when somebody explains it to you. Let's say just something as simple as a bad battery, a battery that's starting to go bad. Makes the alternator work extra hard. The belt has to drive the pulley on that alternator extra hard. The belt starts to get glazed and brittle because of all that. Uh, heat that's built up and pretty soon you need a new belt so there's a lot of things that affect the life expectancy of a belt they'll tell you five years but in my opinion i've seen belts and hoses both go way longer than that if there's no extracurricular uh, factors causing a problem okay so what happens if the belt does break well the problem with today's cars is that most vehicles only have the one accessory drive belt. So when the belt breaks, or if the belt breaks, you lose all the accessories connected on that drivetrain of that belt. You lose the air conditioner, the compressor. I mean, the blower will work, but the air conditioner goes warm. If you have a belt-driven power steering pulley, the car will be hard to turn. It will still turn. It's not that it won't turn. I don't want to get anybody nervous. It will still turn, but it'll be like not having power steering. It'll be manual. It'll be hard to turn. It'll also start to overheat because most of the water pumps are driven off that belt. And you'll lose other things depending on how that car is equipped. You won't, you'll notice that if it's got a vacuum pump, which is something that we could uh, just fill in with. Some cars have a vacuum pump for the brake booster, so the brake booster will seem like it's hard to push, like I don't have any brakes. No, you have brakes. You just have to put a little muscle behind it because you've lost the vacuum assist part of it. So lights will be on on the dash. uh, Dingers will be going off. You'll lose a couple of functions. Uh, It's not good to break a belt. You want to get off the road as soon as possible and stop the vehicle because we don't want it to overheat. We don't want you driving when the brakes aren't working properly like you want them to, and the steering as well. So belts ought to be changed or at least looked at every three or four years. You should look at them or have your technician look at them. 
And when they tell you that they're starting to get bad, weather cracks, glazed, uh, cuts and nicks in them, then, you know, just get them changed because that's something you don't want to lose that on the highway. It's, it's really pretty scary. So let me ask you a question because I'm envisioning this, okay? Belt comes off. The belt breaks. Does it get wrapped up into the engine? You know, I was just thinking of something I forgot to tell you. Here's something that's interesting. Let me see if I can explain this. All cars have a crankshaft, and the crankshaft has a front and rear. The front part of the crankshaft comes through the front of the engine, and there's a seal that keeps oil from coming out everywhere because the crankshaft has to have lubrication. So there's oil at the journal of the crankshaft, but there's a seal to keep it all in the engine and not let it come out. I have seen this a lot of times. I mean, I don't remember the count, but uh, quite a number of times. <clears throat> if you break the belt while you're driving it, if it snaps, I've seen the belt wind around the harmonic balancer get behind the balancer and get involved in the crankshaft seal and make the car leak oil where you have to remove the crankshaft seal and replace it. It, it actually can cause that kind of a problem. It's another reason you want to pull over because, you know, that, that happens a lot. I've seen, I've had to put crankshaft seals in vehicles simply because of a broken belt. And that's happened time after time. And it's not something that used to happen. See, Bob, years ago, we had cars that had power steering was a separate belt. The alternator was a separate belt. The water pump and the air conditioner uh, were all separate belts. So if you broke one of the three or four belts, you'd still retain everything else and you could drive home. Now that's not true. We just have one belt that does everything. And that's so, that's universal across the board. Uh, pretty most, much, yeah. Pretty m- most new cars. Generally speaking, that's blanket across the board now. So why, <clears throat> what was the decision for the, the automotive industry to switch from one belt, or several belts to one belt? The one serpentine-style belt was able to handle the load of all the accessories at the same time. This was in development of the serpentine belt. Years ago, we had V-belts. You couldn't run all those things on one belt. It was too too much. It, the load was too much. It wouldn't hold up. But regardless of what happens when the belt breaks, it's you don't lose the ability to drive the car, correct? Or could you? You, you will lose the ability to drive the car simply because if the alternator power is lost, you only have a limited amount of time before the battery goes dead and the car will stall. So, yeah, you can't often make it home. You break a belt on the highway or break a belt somewhere close to home, turn around and go back home, but you're not going to go. If you broke a belt on most cars, you couldn't go very far because even if the battery didn't go dead quick enough to kill the engine, it would probably most likely overheat before you could get home. So, But you've got enough drivability to get to the side of the road. Oh, yeah. You can still do that. I mean, that. I'm not talking you, about going five miles or anything. No, no. You can still get it safe. You can, you can get it to a safe spot. Right. I, I would say in most cars, most if you cases. broke a belt, you could go a mile or two with a broken belt. So you need to make a decision where you're going to go, what you're going to do, and get parked. And 
you know, do something else, maybe get it towed. But, you know, that's not something you want to try to go very far with. One eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven. This is Bob Brooks. You are listening to the special car corner edition of Prudent Money. If you got a call for question for Tony Joe, one eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven. This is Bob Brooks to ground. Be right back. The word for today is excited to announce the new official online home for the ministry of Pastor Chuck Smith and K Smith. PastorChuck.org. At PastorChuck.org, you'll have instant access to thousands of hours of verse-by-verse teaching by Pastor Chuck Smith from Genesis through Revelation, and full access to special messages on subjects such as prophecy and much, much more. Also at PastorChuck.org, a full library of great teachings by Kay Smith, and a section where you can read some of Pastor Chuck's books online, all free of charge. So visit the new official online home of The Word for Today and the ministry of Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith. PastorChuck.org This week on Truth For Life, marriage is in the spotlight. What should someone look for in a potential spouse? Is it better to stay single? We'll find out about God's purpose for marriage, as well as many of the benefits and challenges. That's our focus on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Weekdays at 5.30 a.m. here on 91.3 KDKR. This week on Through the Bible, the Israelites have miraculously crossed over the Jordan River and are ready to meet their first enemy. Join us in our study of the Old Testament book of Joshua as Dr. J. Vernon Gee tells us about the conquest of Jericho and what we can learn from this section of Scripture about overcoming the world. Listen daily, 6.30 p.m. on Bible School Radio 91.3. Welcome back. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. One eight seven seven nine one three fifty three fifty seven. Okay, so Tony Joe, this you we were, you and I were talking during the break, and you said that this started the switch in the automotive pro, uh, manufacturing process to a single belt back in the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. I don't think though. I mean, where does where is it in the maintenance cycle? Does it come in that says? that tells the mechanic to check that belt. Well, you don't, you don't really hear a whole lot of, I had to get the the main belt. I mean, in fact, until you just said something, I didn't really think I even realized there was one main belt. You can, uh, now, just let me point out something for the listeners that just might be confused. We're talking about the accessory drive belt. We're not talking about the timing belt. Right, okay. right. So, when do you check it? Well, the 30, 60, 90, they all have it in there as part of the routine on the checklist. Check the belts, check the hoses, things like that. So you always have to check them. That's why, you know, doing a 30,000-mile inspection on a car, there's very little wrong with it at that point, very little maintenance that has to be done at that point, but you always have to check it. And the reason you have to check it is because that doesn't mean there can't be something weird that's wrong with the vehicle. So these checklists are very important. And when you have a 
60,000-mile inspection, a 90,000-mile inspection. Uh, these things get checked, and you should always get a copy of the checklist because I, I give everybody a copy of the checklist, and you go down the list and you check off all the things that you looked at, visually inspected, everything looks good. Bingo, we don't need that, so you check off on it. But you just have to check it. And some of these items are not easy to check, so you have to do the work. you got to put the work in to check it, even if it doesn't need it at the time. But that's where belts and hoses come in, to answer your question. So you said that the life expectancy of, a, of one of those belts is what? Did you say five years? Five years is the manufacturer that I use, good name brand manufacturer. The life expectancy is five years. But they, do they go? Do they go strictly by years, or do they? Or, oh no, or mileage. Mileage. Mileage is probably the, the better. Certainly, the, think it about. Think, and let me ask this: It doesn't really matter if it's highway miles or if it's city miles, because it's, it's running. Right. So the thing is, five years is just a benchmark uh, for life expectancy. But you think about this: the car that runs like. A police car, for instance, 24-7. Somebody finishes their shift and somebody else jumps in there. That car is running almost all the time. So the belt probably isn't going to go five years. But under normal circumstances, they issue the warranty, uh, the, the uh, uh, life expectancy. They state the life expectancy is five years. But <clears throat> keep in mind, Bob... Normal people that, you know, get up in the morning, go to work, come home, and just general normal use that I see a lot of customers most of the time. I would consider them normal use customers. You know, they're not doing anything extravagant, not pulling big loads or driving 24 hours a day or anything like that. I've seen those belts go 10, 12, 15 years. And I really don't see anything wrong with them. I mean, I'm not saying that happens in every case, but I've seen some belts 12 years old that really aren't any, really no need to change it. So what's the difference between a, a belt that goes 12 years long, goes for 12 years versus a, a belt that, that you have to replace it for? Well, that's my point. The underlying factors, things that will cause extra stress on that belt that you may not think Which of. Which kind of wears it down. Wears it down, of course, yeah. Wears it down prematurely. So, you know, the belt isn't going to last that long. <clears throat> you know, here's something else that I might throw in there that I've seen shorten the life on a belt. A lot of mechanics that work on a car uh, will sometimes doing... I can't think of a good example right now, but during an operation where they're doing some work on a car like, say, putting a new thermostat, and they pull the thermostat housing off, and they haven't drained the coolant all the way, the belt will get soaked with antifreeze, okay? Some antifreeze will get spilled on that belt. Now, you got petroleum product on a petroleum product, which is never good, and it will actually deteriorate that belt in those places where coolant was spilled on it and wear out the belt much sooner. And that could be due simply from spilling oil or coolant or anything on a belt. You're not supposed to have anything. You're supposed to remove that belt so you don't spill anything on it. But a lot of people don't 
practiced that, and consequently, coolant or oil or something gets on the belt. Oil leaks. You can have oil leaks coming from certain places on the engine that will get onto the belt. You can have like a power steering pump that leaks or a power steering hose that leaks, and the belt happens to be in the way of the leak and where it's going to go, so it gets the belt wet with power steering fluid. I mean, all these things that you're putting on the belt are all enemies of the belt because they're all made from petroleum, and it's going to dissolve the belt over time and shorten the life of it. There's no way that can't happen. It's going to prematurely wear that belt out. So there's a lot of things that can make a belt not last as long as some that I've seen that are 12 years that look like they're still in perfectly good shape. So let me ask you this. on a Say that you've taken your car into a mechanic to do a 30,000-mile checkup. Is it, is it one of those things where you really got to get down in, into the, the engine to look to determine if it is still in good shape, or is it something that, that's visually uh, apparent from just looking? I most, mean, how much, how much work do you have to put into it to come to that conclusion? Well, in most cases, it's visually inspectable with relative ease. But let me just give you an example. Um, check the brakes. Seems simple. A lot of times you can, uh, you can see the brake pads right through the wheel. The design of the wheel allows you enough room to see the wear on the brake pads. Other vehicles, not so much. You have to remove the wheel to inspect the brake pads. In some cases, the brake caliper is designed in such a way that you can't see the brake pads even with the wheel off. You have to put a mirror in a small window to check the lining thickness. So one of them takes literally 10 seconds and another one could take 30 minutes. It just depends on the design. So whatever you have to do to be able to visually inspect it is what you have to do. Because you've got to get some eyes on that thing to, to make sure that you're checking these things on the checklist of the vehicle inspection procedure. So do you foresee in the future, and the future may already be here, any type of a sensor that can detect that, you know, light check engine light or whatever comes on and says you need to replace or you need to look at your 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 belt <clears throat> they do have that in a roundabout way now in some cases uh i don't know if there will ever be a sensor saying check the belt but they do have uh in the software for the computer rpm specifications that will indicate belt slippage now, indicating belt slippage is a big, big thing because if it's slipping, then you better pretty much change it. Uh, unless there's water on it or something obvious or oil. Well, if there's oil on it, you're changing it anyway. But I'm just saying there are roundabout ways of testing that as, you know, currently, right now. Not all cars have it, so there's still the visual that has to come into play. But um, some air conditioning systems have been around forever Toyota was one of them that had an RPM sensor that if the speed of the clutch didn't match the calculated speed, then it would indicate slippage of the belt and that would make the light flash and turn off the air conditioning compressor. So there's been other things in the past. That's, that's an old, old thing that was around back in the 
early 80s, but the, the actually having a sensor to check for belt wear would pre- pretty be pretty much be something that would would not be pretty not practical. I don't see how you would actually do it, but maybe someday there will be. I I don't think so. I think belts are you know a lot of things now are going to electrically driven motors. There's a lot of cars out there that have electrically driven power steering pumps, electrically driven water pumps. So there may not be a need for belts someday. Right. So having a sensor to tell if the belt is worn is probably not ever going to happen because I can see the day coming when we're not even going to have anything driven by a belt. Well, you go from, what, three belts to one belt. Mm-hmm. And it would make sense that the technology would catch up and you see go that's to what zero I right belts. that's what I see over and over and over. I see these uh, patterns. Yeah, know. sure. And because I've been around so long, you know, that's why I got into this business. Because when I got into it, there was no such thing as dirt. You know, <laughs> we didn't get dirty. There was no dirt. I'm older than dirt, so yeah, sure. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, I've seen these patterns, and this is another pattern that I see happening that I eventually will probably see no belts. Yeah, I, you know, I still can't do the math. You said you've been doing this for sixty years, and you're only fifty. <laughs> is that, did I get that right? Well, like I said, when I was born, my dad gave me about six months and said, "Get a job." <laughs> this is Bob Brooks. Got a question for me? Please go to the website at uh, prudentmoney.com and send it in because. We are all out of time till we do meet again next time. Keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.